Hello and welcome to the Unqualified Huddle. We are back uh, the week of the playoffs. Wildcard round is up and coming. It's all exciting. Uh, I'm here with Shamalan Channel. First of all, boys, let me get your thoughts on the London Games. Just been announced today. The... I mean, it's, it's, it's great, but it kind of took a backseat to a lot of other news that happened today. Well, I know, but, but I, I want to talk about I mean, I'm always excited to see the Jags in London as a resident Jags I'm, fan. I'm sick of it now. I'm not going to lie. I'm <laughs> sick of it. A lot of, a lot of fans probably are. Because the Jags, like, you know, every year there's there's a potential team. Um, but also, I wonder who, you know, it looks like Jacksonville at Wembley is, has expected that separate deal. Chicago, the next team. I wonder if the Jags stay back-to-back again and play the Bears in Wembley. I'm uh, sorry, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium after their Wembley game. Is your way team like they You think they'll do two games on the bounce? Yeah, like they did this year. One as a home, one as a away. They played the Bills as the away team this past year after playing the Falcons. And I think they might do that with the Bears. They're on the schedule. So it's looking well, that way. Well, and obviously there's a game in Brazil that's not been announced yet. They, we don't know who who's going to be playing there. But I do want to apologise to German fans because they've been given the Carolina Panthers as the German game, which for me is... About as horrific as you can get. Yeah, uh, it is. And considering that we actually have decent, decent, potentially decent games, like Vikings here will play everyone close. We know that. Whether they're a great team or a bad team, we're getting a close game. They're quite um, good to watch. Their watchability is high. As long as yeah. they return Tank out, Cousins. Um, and the Bears, there's a lot going on with them, then obviously the Jags, but we can't help that. But yeah, we, we've been blessed next year. So. <laughs> Oh, this year, actually, I should say now for for England games. But yeah, Germany, unfortunately, have the uh, Panthers. It's it's just, uh, yeah, it's just not a nice, nice thing if you're a German. Um, you know, the Germany fans will turn out regardless and make oh, yeah. it the best atmosphere of the year. Yeah, that, that game would be the best game, like, for atmosphere-wise, for a stadium standpoint for me, by far. Well, I actually don't know. I think the Brazilian game is going to be insane. I've seen those football fans. I've seen how they support football. Like I can just see the the crowd at the Brazil game being absolutely wild. So I, like that would be a game that I'd want to watch. Like that would be a game that I'd want to go to. It's just it'd be interesting to see who gets announced as the the team that gets their game there. You know, I actually might be in Brazil at that time, so you know, <laughs> uh, you can come visit me there. <laughs> If you if you're still in Brazil traveling, like honestly, your your that would break, be an amazing game. Your work break <laughs> will will have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> like your year your year sabbatical to go traveling would have been extended to two years at that point. Yep. Anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah, as, as Shamil said, um, the big the big news really that's been happening is the the head coaching firings, the no, the, the mutually agreed. <laughs> departing of ways yeah, well it, there, there's multiple ones we, you know since our po- last podcast like there's multiple uh, uh, coaches that have, have either been fired or um, mutually parted ways um, just to go through them quickly uh, obviously Arthur Smith was fired straight away um, it's pretty much as quick as they could fire him um and this is just running through all the head coaching positions. Obviously, there's other coaches and coordinators and stuff, but I'm just going to run through all the head coaches that are like have been fired. Frank Wright, obviously mid-season firing. 
by the Panthers. Uh, Josh McDaniels, another mid-season firing by the Raiders. Brandon Staley, um, who got fired just before the end of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finishes in LA with a 24 and 24 record. There's something quite poetic about that. I mean, I don't. I think it, I think that that does him a better service yeah. than what we actually saw on the field. <laughs> I, think Anthony, the... I think Anthony Lynn, the former head coach, deserves more credit for what for he sure. did. Um, uh, yeah. Moving forward, the Tennessee Titans have fired Frable. Insanity. And I, absolute insanity, in my opinion. I, I disagree with that. No. I, I, I dare you to look at their roster and say, you know what? He's not overachieved with that team. <laughs> because that you're going to look at that roster and you think, well, I don't like the roster. Then well, well, how we'll, has he well done so well? We'll come on to it. Uh, moving, moving on, though. Washington Commanders fired uh, Ron Rivera. Um, and then also Bill Belichick has parted ways neutrally with uh, New England. And then not not only that, Pete Carroll has also parted. Well, he's not not parted ways. He's just no longer the head coach, but he will still be involved. It's the same thing as the Bill Belichick thing. That broke today. That was the big news. Well, Pete Carroll actually um, came out and said that he tried to keep keep his hands on the head coaching gig, which you've got to admire, honestly. Like, that's something that you can always appreciate whenever Pete Carroll talks. Yeah, he's an honest guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this year, out of any year I can ever remember, this seems like the best year to be looking for a head coach. I, I agree with you. And um, not only that, these are experienced men. Um, <laughs> we've ta- we talk about experienced uh, head coaches. And uh, Nick Saban's another one. <laughs> I, all I can yeah, see sure. is my fellow podcasters laughing when I said that word. But um, Nick Saban, like another Alabama uh legend head coach i guess um he retired so all these like over 70s guys retiring or just getting pushed out of their job for younger uh younger blood so i don't know if you're another team would you try and take bill belichick pete carroll if you're always failing like the carolina panthers are why not try and swing for the fences no what i mean imagine pete carroll in seattle that would be a coup for seattle Seattle, who was there? Sorry, not Seattle. Carolina. Um, I mean, yeah, but for me, um, they, those guys should have better opportunities. If I had to rank all the head coaching candidates, those three would be the top of my list. Um, I know Simon seriously disagrees with Vrabel. He's got like a vendetta. It's like I, I, I he was the head coach for the, just, for the just... Falcons or something with, with how much he hates <laughs> I just don't appreciate how much love Vable gets as a head coach for he had he had like one or two good years, but then the rest of, the rest of the time it's been underwhelming. And yes, yes you can say three good years. Then after <laughs> the GM traded AJ Brown and got the roster, they, the whole O line didn't they have like four new O linemen this year? No, but well. no, but that wasn't that wasn't the GM gotten the that was them not managing their offensive line because it, as a as a whole organization that people retire. That people move on because they didn't re-sign him. They tried to like get people into the draft. It didn't work out. You know. I mean, but it showed the power. There was a power, like the GM was in charge of the roster. There, it was clear. Vrabel didn't have the the say on the roster. All, and the, at the end of the say, 
what I'm saying is very bold in it. He won what multiple division titles. He beat the Chiefs in the playoffs in a, in a bad division. But he dominated. If in a you bad ever saw the division. Titans, but it's not even divisional. Look at their record against non-division opponents. They never got blown out. The Titans, you wouldn't ever think. You know what? Even with a bad yeah. roster, that's you know do, they're. Do, a, they're do you know why team. they never got blown out? Do you know? Because they had the king. Yes, and, without the and, king, and they knew how to use the king. Without the king, they they would be nothing. They were a one-player team, and they had been for years. They rode and on the so many running back one-player teams. And they they've wasted they've wasted the prime years of Derek Henry. I mean, I, I blame the fact that they've not been. The only thing I I would worry about hiring Vrabel is who's going to be your OC because I don't think he's managed to get that right. He's he's always struggled to get the OC position right because they've always been an Arthur Smith or this current OC or another OC. What few years they don't know how to use the passing game very well. Well, that's because they've not really had. Uh, not a, good a quarterback. Passer. Yeah, but hey, if he lands in New England with uh, Bill O'Brien as the OC, no, that's that's uh, great. Returning the, to his roots. Before we move on to the openings and what we think are the the best opportunities here, how would you guys? What are your top three candidates ranking? How would you rank the top three most talked about head coaches? Potential Bill Belichick one has to be. If you give him a quarterback. Uh, if you give him a quarterback, I'd say Bill Belichick won. My one, I, I would agree is, with that. And then Pete Carroll, then Vrabel. I I just don't like this whole, you know, with with picking the guys that are in their seventies, expecting them to move forward with the times and stuff. They have. No, they they haven't. That's the point. That's why they're. You're saying Pete Carroll hasn't moved on with the times. You know what? You know what? Why why doesn't everyone just have a have a have a Brandon Staley, a Dennis Allen, you know these young guys who bring innovation no, to their office. My number, my number one guy, the number one guy that I would be hiring if I was a GM right now or an owner is um, Ben Johnson. Well, we knew that was coming. Is <laughs> my is my number one guy? Yeah, obviously, but he's an exciting hire. But can he head coach? You don't know. My my you, number. You can't say. You can't say. Bill Belich is a bad head coach. He might be a bad GM, but you can't say he's a bad coach. My number two hire is um, Dan Quinn. Yeah, I like him in Seattle. Um, and then my number three, if I have to do three, um, would be... It's a bit of an out there one, but I like Antonio Pierce. You're taking Antonio Pierce over Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll? Yes, I am. Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbour. Uh, well, Jim Harbour, I don't really, I don't really count. Maybe Jim Harbour can be my number three. All right, uh, well, I've I've told you mine: Belichick, Vrabel, Carroll. But there's like there's so many good head coaches. I would say yeah. This year, the the coaching list has now got more experienced coaches. I think what we've realised there's been a lot of young coaches hired in the last few years who haven't worked out. Um, but I think situation matters. Like Bill Belichick in Carolina, I don't like that. Bill Belichick in LA Chargers, I like that. So I don't. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on and let's talk about the job openings rather than the coaches because uh, I feel that's more interesting. Um, and just what you would say is your, if you were a budding head coach and you had an option of any of these places with openings, what would be your number one pick? Where would you go? Uh, you guys will disagree here, but I'm picking New England. 
They have the third overall pick right now. They have a, I can't remember who it was, but it's about the front office. You need to work with the front office. And I feel like New England, to all the success and stability they've had, they will give a new head coach everything they need to succeed. Yes, the roster is depleted of talent. Um, Christian Gonzalez, the first round pick from last year, might be the most talented player um, based on the current current roster. But I know that I would have the best chance to succeed long term. I I can't hate it. The the thing for me why I can't hate on it is yes, you go to a place where you don't have a quarterback, you you have a depleted roster, um, and you really have like a over the last couple of seasons, like a really negative like team. Um, but they they've got potential to you know, sign whoever they want. They've got sixty four million in cat space available to them coming into this season. They've already got a full roster, so they can start cutting people and making some spaces, making some making some moves like that. The the only my only concern is there's no blue chip players that excite me. Like there's no one there's not a standout player. Christian Gonzalez. Oh yeah. He's the but only one. He doesn't excite me. I'm i I'm not excited by Christian Gonzalez. He was one of the best corners. It's I'm definitely still, a blue chip. I, still not excited about Watch it, Tate, man. If you can't get excited about Christian Gonzalez... The man doesn't recognise Mike Vrabel as a good coach. coach. He's not going to recognise a player... Do you get excited by watching Lattimore, by the way? No. no. Well, well, thank God you said that. And if, uh, Because I think Christian Gonzalez is one of the best corners to watch. But I, I disagree with you because I think you've got to change your culture. That's been built the Bill Belichick way. The way of everything being handled by Bill Belichick. I wouldn't want to be the first guy through that door because as soon as things go wrong, well, you ain't Bill Belichick. I, I would say the best job available is Washington. Give me a place where there's a low bar, new owner who seems to be doing all the right things. The bar is really low there. The bar is really low. And I think they've got a lot of pieces. If you can retain Eric Bieniemy as the OC, do it. They've got a great pick mm-hmm. uh, in the draft. I they've don't got... think you can't, you can't retain Bieniemy. Like, as, as you come into a new team as a new head coach, you have to get rid of anyone who might have. Some people would have preferred the enemy to, to be the head coach. You would presume. That's fine. But I, I, you can't have any mutiny in the future. I don't think there will be. I mean, I think there's a new ownership there that will allow you to pick your own staff anyway if things go wrong. Give me Washington. I think you, you'll be given everything by the ownership there. New owners, new slate. There's more buzz around that team. They've got a good draft position. Don't forget, at their peak, they were more. They had bigger support base than the Dallas Cowboys. So give me Washington. I, I don't hate Washington. Like like you said, there's new ownership there. They've again, they've got good draft picks. They've got good cap space, and not only that, they've got some some like blue chip, blue collar, well, not blue collar, blue chip, good players on their roster. You know. You, yeah, you've got. Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Oh, oh <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I I didn't realize that we got rid of them just to save a bit of cash. I mean, but no. they've still got they've, like they've got McLaurin, they've got Dotson. I like those players. I like their running back room. I would, they need got, an upgraded quarterback, but they can do got, that now in the draft. They've got Darren Payne still, Jonathan Allen. They're, 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 yeah, yes, you got rid of Montez Sweat and Chase Young, but you've got a defensive line still. It's not like they've gutted the whole defensive line. Like would I would I prefer to come in and still have those players there, hundred percent? But there's still enough talent there that you're you're happy. Receiver wise, 
they're actually like a nice trio of receivers, McLaurin, Dotson and uh, Curtis Samuel. They just need they just need someone to throw them the ball. And, and we like we like Logan Thomas. Oh, I did. Tight end. As, as a healthy. player, I mean, he went healthy. The problem is he's never healthy, but... Yeah. Uh, but can you imagine if, if Caleb Williams or Drake May lands in Washington with Terry McLaurin finally getting a, a guy who can get in the ball? McLaurin will go off. McLaurin, McLaurin, the most underrated, like, wide receiver for me in the whole league. I, I agree off. with that. Under, he does a dirty work. He's he's been playing with trash for years, and and he still he still puts up numbers. Like you can't hate on him. Is there another team? There there is another team. I I would take a different team. I would go to a different team. Um, and I hate to say this, but the the other team for me would be the Atlanta Falcons. I agree, but tell us why. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mate. But well, I mean, realistically, the the reasoning is. Outside of a quarterback, which they're in a good position to try and get a franchise guy. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. They could they could take a risk on a guy. Not only that, they've got an opportunity to maybe make a trade as well. There's a couple of quarterbacks floating around. A couple of guys who are going to be free agents that might not get picked up by the teams again. So they've got a lot of options there. And all they need is a competent quarterback. A guy that's not going to turn over the ball. A guy that can use their playmakers effectively. Because when you look at this roster... You know, Kyle Pitts haven't lived up to the hype yet. Fair enough. I, a lot of that's to do with coaching for me. He, well, well he, he's, he's posted on Instagram this week that he was coming off a... It was a MCL and PCL, I believe. He had surgery last off-season. And it, it makes sense when you saw him run this year that he was, yeah, he was injured. The tape didn't look good on him this year, but Drake London showed a lot of tape. Now they're moving, like, hopefully it's not a, such a run-centric guy uh, coming well, in as a head coach. If there's better balance and the braver, better quarterback, like you said, the, they could make use of that. And the O-line improved. The O-line looked good there. The, O-line, the O-line's great there. The, the thing is, like, the, it was quarterback where the problem was. Like, and even defensively, uh, their defense played well. They could still do with a, a few more pieces. They could do with a true pass rusher. They've not had a true pass rusher yeah, there for, for decades. A long time. I think they got in, um, or who's the guy that used to be at uh, Bud Dupree? I yeah. think he was there this season and he, he didn't do much. I think Lorenzo Carter they signed to try and add some pass rush there this season, didn't do much. I mean, so, they like, tried if, a lot, haven't they? If they got a, a, an actual edge rusher alongside a new quarterback that could play, that team that seems in an easy division as well. Like, like, like that, you're completely right. Their offensive skill positions are set. And yeah, you need to work on your pass rush, but you look at the defensive backfield, uh, I believe, Simon, you disagree with me at the start of last season saying that they had one of the best secondaries, but AJ Terrell is a is a real shutdown corner. You've got mm-hmm. Jesse Bates, who was voted by uh, players to be first-team All-Pro. Um, I mean, what team he was ready to free agency, win. though? Like, from uh, Cincinnati, they're missing him mad badly this year, Jesse Bates. Yeah. But the Jerry Gray, their DBs, well, their secondary coach, he was a great hire. I think if you look at his career, he's really improved the DBs that is coached. I like well, that. I love that pick because I'd want to be the Atlanta Falcons head coach if I just nail the quarterback. But they well, should have got Lamar Jackson, unlike what Arthur Blank said. Let's move on quickly, though. They should have got Lamar Jackson. But let's move on and just talk about who's the worst place to go, where you would hate most to go. Uh, I mean, come on. We, if we don't all agree <laughs> here, like we, one of us should be kicked off the podcast here. Well, I mean, it's the Carolina Panthers. 
we'd all agree it's the Panthers. Like, yeah. like let's not let's not pretend. We all agree it's the Panthers. However, we, we've got to we've got to throw some other names out there. We can't just like blanket say yeah it's the Panthers. Like, I, that's I would I would throw. It might sound surprising seeing it as they have one of the best young quarterbacks, Justin Herbert. I would pick the Chargers because your best players, your highest salary cap players, are your most productive. And yet, you need to make some decisions with Eckler, who most likely won't be coming back. Keenan Allen. Um, you know, it's Hello, not... A, their defensive, defensive talent, Bosa, it, they didn't perform like the names that you would think on the back of their jerseys would. They, yeah. they are in cap uh, purgatory right now because they, they are 35 million over the cap coming into the season. They've got some guys who, like Khalil Mack, right? He, he, his stat padded because he had a game where he had six sacks. I don't know what his final sack total was, but if he didn't have I mean, a game... He was, like, he was like 16 sacks or something or something like that. I, I just don't feel, I don't feel he's the same level he was when he was at the Bears. But the like, thing is, he's still been their best passer. I think he's been better both, than Bosa. Bosa's the issue, yeah. I think Darwin James doesn't look good. Uh, well, and, and and this is the problem, though, because you look at the cap hit for next season, Khalil Mack like, accounts for 38 million of the cap. Jerry Bosa equates for 36 million. Keenan Allen is 34 million. Mike Williams is 32 million. Derwin James, 19 million. Justin Herbert, 19. Corey Lindsay, 14. A lot of these guys can't stay healthy for one thing, but it's just it's such a top-heavy roster as well, though, because you look at like the talent at the bottom end of the roster, and it's just not there for me. Like, they talk about how many wide receivers this team has. It's it's not a lot. What's also concerning for me is they've only got 38 players like under contract going into next mm. season. That's so a big point. They've got to fill up their roster as well. Time, they're gonna, they're gonna the end charges. up. They're gonna do what the the Saints did and push a lot because of the best players are the highest paid, but on the wrong side of that. I wouldn't say it's the worst because if you've got a franchise quarterback, you can make things work. What I would point to outside of the two teams you mentioned, I would say for me it's the Las Vegas Raiders. They're Ooh, a, they finished middle of the league record wise. They've got Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. Don't know about Josh Jacobs if you're there. What else you got? You got Devontae Adams on a bad contract technically to move on from. Max probably you want to keep. Like, there's not much there. You can't go up. Like, you don't have a position where you can draft an elite quarterback. You're stuck in this position in a tough division. I, I, it's going to take a few years to turn this around. I think the, the issue is it's the tough division. They're losing their best player in Josh Jacobs, potentially, um, in free agency. Yes, like you say, they, they've got Devontae Adams, but he wants to leave. They've got Max Crosby, who is a raider for life, it seems, but and he's really productive. But you can't just rely on uh, Crosby. The, I, I don't get the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. I don't get why they signed him. Um, O'Connell's, it was a McDaniel thing, wasn't it? Josh McDaniel's thing. O'Connell's also not really the answer for me. I know he had a few nice performances. So like they do need to address the quarterback room. But they just can't. It, if you go to the Raiders, you've got to accept it's a long-term, like, turnaround. And especially when you've got, like, Chandler Jones account to 12 million towards, the, like, dead cap space this season coming up. Like, there's so many things like that where it just hurts you, where you've got players that you're still paying for that you're not playing, like, that you're not doing anymore. Um, and it, it is a big concern about lack of talent. I, I feel like they overachieved with what they had this season. 
I agree. Uh, uh, That's why Antonio Pierce probably makes sense for them to keep. Just let him work through it. Unfortunately for him, it's gonna it's a tough one to take on. But like the top coaches probably don't want that. I mean, they're they are being linked to some big well, big uh, names and big well, big GM types. Well, you mentioned culture change is a big obstacle for new head coaches. Antonio Pierce seems to have uh, the locker room buy into him already. So I, I agree with them. It makes sense to just roll with Pierce. I, I would I'd keep it. him. Yeah, I would keep him if I was there. And help I do wonder. Of his run. But it's, I do wonder it's, who, who can hire though as staff. But it, this this is the concern. It's the staff and also it's the general manager because it's like it's not just about getting a head coach and it's about getting a guy is like alongside who can rebuild the roster, retool it, get Pierce in a position where he could win. I just want to throw out there a team. Obviously, the Panthers are the worst, right? Their their roster is horrible. Bryce Young is still a concern. Uh, they've got no draft picks this season, really. So they're horrible, right? But the other team that I would consider being one of the worst places to go would be Seattle. Obviously, they've moved mm-hmm. on from um, Pete Carroll. Uh, he said to everyone, basically, you can get rid of, like, you can all start looking for new jobs. Um, but my concern is I feel like the roster overachieves uh, massively under Carroll, especially the last few years. I'm not a Geno Smith guy. I feel he's too inconsistent. The offensive players, um, like the skill position players just aren't it for me. Like, which, wait, which ones? Which I, one I'm not a massive Metcalf fan. People like Okay, Metcalf. outside of him, they've still got Jackson Smith and Jigbo who look good. Did Lock he? It. Yeah, I, I thought Jackson Smith and Jigba was no, one, one of the best rookies. He, no. he came Especially on at the, the end of last year. Yeah. Lockett is, Lock is the wrong side of 30. I agree with that. Like, they need to find the eventual... Uh, For me, but I think what you're talking to is their scheme, I'm not a fan of. Like, I don't, uh, I don't mind the players, but it's a very just vertical, run vertical, run a couple of times. There's not much creativity in that Shane Waldron scheme I, for some I, reason. I'm not, I'm not enamoured by their running backs. Like Kenneth Ooh. Walker and Charbonnet. Charbonnet. I think that's two of the solid, most solid mm. backfields. I, I'm not convinced. I just think because you, you're not seeing any juice type players. I, I, I love the combination of players. players. No, I'm not. I'm not convinced. And then on the defense, I, I don't see where they get sacked from, and that's a big, that's a big minus to me. Like their, their best defensive player was um, Bobby Wagner, and that is a massive concern. I and mean, they, they're, they're still on the hook to pay Jamal Adams twenty six million. Yeah, I mean, they can move on from that contract, surely. They they would uh, be savings of six million and a twenty million dead cap to yeah, move on. <laughs> I mean, okay, that was a bad contract. I think my issues are more on defense, like you mentioned. I think Pete Carroll overachieved there with that like defense. Um, but offensively, I like some of the pieces. It's just not a. They need a quarterback. I agree. Geno Smith is a bridge. Mm. Yeah, they I need, think they he's need maximizing. Drew, Drew Lock can be solid backup there, but yeah, you'll need to take a a project quarterback, um, maybe in the first round, a a Penix or someone, um, whoever whoever lands to you, because you need a you need a long term answer there. But is a, is a first round quarterback going to land to them though? And is that first round quarterback worth it compared to some you... of the other talents available? If, I don't know where they're drafting, but like it's in it's in the teens, right? Um, because uh, yeah, it'll... Seattle are drafting 16th. Yeah, yeah. but I tell you, get to 16th. I don't know how many quarterbacks are available, but I, I know everyone says it's a quarterback heavy draft. But 
At that there's, point, you'll be separating a, the top to the bottom. Well, this, this is a lot of teams want quarterbacks this season. So a lot of teams are going to be wanting to move up. A lot of teams above them want quarterbacks. So the only way they're getting a quarterback is if they trade up. And they're in a hard division. Like one thing you've not mentioned yeah. is they've got 49ers who are really skillfully schemed. Then you've got the Rams who are really skillfully schemed. Like they've got the worst quarterback in the division and they've probably got the most boring offense to watch, I would say, in that division. And you've got the Cardinals, so I'm not going to disrespect because I actually think they're one of the most uh, exciting teams going forward. Yeah, I like to watch them play. Like, their scheme isn't as bad. Like, I think they're just missing certain players. Jonathan Gannon doesn't fill me with confidence, though. No, I mean, there's there's things he still does that's dodgy, but moving on from Cliff Kingsbury was the right answer. I don't like the contract they gave to Kyler Murray. Don't get me wrong. I, I think the contract they gave to Kyler Murray was outrageous. I feel it was too I much, but I think franchise quarterback money. You either pay your guy or just don't it's, pay. It's it's, it's more mean, than it's more than franchise quarterback. It's above I'll, franchise quarterback money. And for, we've had this conversation before, but are you a franchise quarterback if you need it? A clause in your contract about not playing too many videos. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like Kyler Murray still. I don't. I'm not going to blame him. I think the talent is so poor. He's not actually played in a good, well constructed team. But, but it, like, this is yeah. what I mean. That they've started to turn things around. Like you saw last season, they played some tough games. Um, they they start to turn things around for me. I like what I like some of what they've got on their roster, and I feel like they give them another off season where they've got you know forty million in cap space available, or probably make more money available to them. That they, they can sign some free agents in, get some more free agents in, and attack the draft. If they if they're in the hunt for uh, Marvin Harrison, like. That is a match made in heaven. I yeah, I, I, I can't get excited. They're, they're a perennial five, you know, five, <laughs> 500 team with Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon. I mean, they still need a lot of pieces. But you, speaking of Pete Carroll, if he's getting fired, why didn't they fire their GM who's been there all throughout the reign? Uh, who knows? It's a good I question. We, we should probably move on to the playoffs, though. We really should move on to the playoffs. The wild card round. Yeah. Super wild card round coming up. Super wild card round. Right, we're, gonna, we're just going to run, run through the games quickly because we've spent half an hour talking about coaching positions. So that was clever of us. Uh, um, so we're going to start out. Uh, we're just going to go in order of the dates that they're played. Um, starting with the Browns and Texans who play um, Saturday 9.30 for us. So whatever that is in American time, like six o'clock. Eastern or whatever, I don't know. Three o'clock Eastern, sorry. I don't know. Anyway, Browns and Texans. Really unappealing. No, not unappealing, sorry. It's a really appealing matchup now because I think Joe Flacco elevates that Browns team massively. However, it's the Browns who I don't like to respect. Yeah, like as much as Flacco's uh, story is nice to root for, I can't root for the Browns. So, I'm leaning towards Texans here. I'm going to pick them to win. And 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 it's a pretty even matchup. Like Stroud was playing an MVP level. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason why they can't make some noise. The, 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 like both teams have had injury issues, which is basically went to derail their season when they've managed to overcome it. Like Tank Dell was a big loss for the Texans offensively. Um, you know, Nick Chubb at the very start of the season, massive loss for the Browns. So yeah, I, I I can't get excited about the Browns. Like I said, I, I, I want the Texans. Like, I support the Texans in this. I'd rather they get the win. I mean, if we're picking I, them. Yeah, if we're picking, I mean, I would have picked the home team either way. I think if it was in Cleveland, I'd have picked them. 
but this is in Houston, so the weather won't be as big of a play. So give me Houston. Well, moving on Saturday night game, uh, Dolphins versus Chiefs. Dolphins at Chiefs. Um, this is a more exciting matchup for me. It all comes to the health of that uh, Miami roster, though. No, Obviously. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That they, they just can't play to a strong team like the Chiefs. It's not. Oh, yeah, we, we talked about this in the last podcast. It's a it tough match. Um, Their defense I'm, is strong. Their defense is top five in the. Yeah, league. the defense is strong. I'm banking on the um, the offense turning up from the start of this year for the Dolphins, and the defense. It's going to be a tough ask with all the injuries. I I I want to believe that this Dolphins, that that offense is magic. Like it's there. Like I don't know how they've fallen off. I'm banking on that coming back. I think I think it's the same as any anything in any season of like football. Teams get wise to a lot of the stuff that happens. So like you know with the Dolphins, a lot of what they do is pre-snap motions, like a lot of moving, and they use their speed to kill teams. And teams can get wise to that. Defenses can work against that. They can they can switch stuff up to make it better for them. It's like it's like teams just recognize it. And I feel at the start of the season, you it's easier for the offenses. Whereas come to the end, they've got to start mixing things up again because defenses get wise to it. And I think it's, it's just an example for the, the Dolphins. And uh, yes, they've had a hard running. They've had some tough teams to play, but like other teams still put up numbers. Like the Ravens are still putting up big numbers. Um, teams can't can't stop them. I think so, teams so are wise. I'm hearing a lot of talk. I'm not hearing your pick. Uh, I'll pick the Chiefs. I don't. I don't want to. But the Chiefs, they're at home. Um, it's Patrick Mahomes on a bad Chiefs team, but it's still the Chiefs. Um, I'm gonna say Chiefs. But what you mentioned, I think there's levers to how the teams attack. Sure, you can play with speed, but you've got to have some physicality. Dolphins have no physicality. Not it's all speed. There's ways to defend just speed. If you've got no physical presence, you're gonna lose. And especially if you're built on quick passing, like two is the quickest release. Um, I've seen it with the Jags without as much speed, but I just think there's too many issues in that. Don't that you dare try and compare the Jags to the Dolphins. That hey, is, second quickest that release. That is the filthiest thing I've ever heard. Second quickest release that, quarterbacks. I'm that actually flew flew right past me there. Like, good spot, Simon. That, that's, that's disgusting. <laughs> also, Andy, Andy Reid uh, corrected me. Um, it was Travis Kelsey's decision to sit that last game. I, and, you know, it was the right decision for him to make. People were getting too enamoured about him making a thousand yards. Come on. Like, enamoured? Enamoured. is probably not a word, but it's. Enamoured. It, yeah, probably that is what I meant. All right, Moving on. Uh, Steelers versus Bills. Bit of a bit of a like, boring matchup, really, because I don't like the Steelers team. Bills are just going to have their way with them. Uh, let's, be, let's be frank now. Mason nice, Rudolph. Nice practice. Yeah. Mason Rudolph is not their answer for the Steelers for me. Is Especially there... without TJ Watt. Yeah, wow. Their defense crumbles without TJ Watt. Like, if you can't get any pressure on the the quarterback, which TJ Watt allows you to do, like, it's just not the one, is it? So the Bills is the Bills are just going to walk this. It's a nice game for them to try and get in some better rhythm for their second game in the playoffs. I think. Nice warm up game. Yeah, nice yeah, scrimmage packs for the Bills here. Um, I'm I'm picking them. Yeah, I'm picking Bills. They were on a good form as well. Some the two spicier matchups for me uh, end 
the wildcard weekend, which is very clever by the schedule makers. Packers and Cowboys. Um, they have... Oh, no, they're not the ones that end it, sorry. But Packers and Cowboys. Um, that's a spicy matchup with, obviously, McCarthy going back to Green Bay, the team where he's won a Super Bowl. So technically, Bowls? Green Bay going to Mike McCarthy. Green Bay going to, I, I, I to the Cowboys. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I think this is juicy because mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys are the, one of the most informed teams right now, or they were the most informed team coming into the playoffs. Really well-constructed roster. But the Packers are sneakily exciting me. Like the last few, the last few games, they looked, they looked good. However, it's not going to be enough to deal with this this Dallas team for me. Like, so you don't think the Cowboys are going to do what they usually do, just choke in the playoffs? Just choke. I don't. Not this game. Maybe, maybe the next round, um, when they have to play the Lions. But we will see. Um, no, I think they team the Lions. Completely, a, a complete agreement here. Like, I want to root for the Packers. They're an easy team to cheer for with Jordan Love leading the team. But really, this Cowboys team is too dominant. Uh, Dak and CeeDee Lamb both playing at an MVP level. And it's it's hard to see them choke this year. Like Mike McCarthy at the wheel is doing a great job. One of, one of the best signings of the offseason for me is Bradman Cooks to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Because he has allowed CeeDee Lamb to have some attention taken off of him. Not saying that CeeDee Lamb isn't a great receiver in, and can get like, into space and stuff himself, but they just never really had that. I mean, when Amari Cooper was there, maybe, but as soon as they got rid of him, they never really had a number two that could attract some attention. So it was all CD Lamb. So I, I just think it's a great pickup having Cooks there who can take some of that attention away from him. I'm going to go for a surprise. I'm going to say that the Green Bay Packers pull it off. I'm going to say they managed to do it just, just because, and it's going to be on a Hail Mary type play, just because of Fail Mary, they get their revenge. And uh, Mike McCarthy gets uh, booed again by the Packers fans. Um, the LA Rams are at the Detroit Lions in Stafford Gate. I mean, uh, the Detroit Lions haven't been playing well recently. Like, it's easy to forget that. The Rams, Rams are juicy. Now, they're the juicy team. The, the, Rams, the Rams are the more in four team here, for sure. The Rams I'm just going to are... say now. I'm picking the Rams. They they are the more informed team, and also alongside that, they will hurt the Lions where um where it matters most, which is at like cornerback. The Lions' defensive backs are not good; like, they're just not good. I don't think the Lions' uh, linebackers can cover though. I don't think they're coverage linebackers either. They're, they're just not good the fast. And I, this is where the Rams' strength is in the middle of the field: Cooper Cup, Nakua. They're going to take Anzalone, Jack Campbell, whoever they throw a linebacker, because they, they throw quite a few different players. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. He can't cover. So we know that. I mean, the, the, none of, like, the Lions as linebackers are more downhill uh, zone type players. They're not, I think they're going to not fare very well. And like you said, the pass game. But I, I think it's good. what's going to happen is it's going to be a grind out win for the Lions. I think they're going to go back and do what they do best, which is they're going to run the ball. They're going to give it to Montgomery. They're going to give let uh, Gibb get his touches. I think they're going to run run down the clock. It's not, it's going to be a typical Lions game. The, the, but they uh, need it to be. The Rams aren't used to teams going toe to toe on the trenches. Like the Rams have that advantage in nearly every matchup. 
And I think the Lions of all teams have the advantage here. Like they'll be able to do something that McVay's not been challenged to buy before. And I believe that the Lions will be able to run on them. Um, I'm picking the Lions here, but I would just say one thing. I better not see a Detroit Lions Stafford jersey anywhere. <laughs> All right, like, oh, come on, it's the players. All right, all right, all right, Dan Campbell. All right, Dan Campbell. I agree with that. I, I, I completely agree as well. Like, he's, he's the quarterback for the other team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear. I appreciate he spent a lot of time in Detroit. He played for them for a lot of years, but he, he got traded away, and now you're playing him. Like, come on. Um, last but not least, um, Eagles at Buccaneers. I would have said. If any other team was facing the fourth seed, the team from the NFC South, it would be a walk in the park for them. However, this Eagles team has done nothing but give me concerns for the last 17, 18 weeks uh, and did nothing to sort of like settle those concerns in the last few weeks, especially getting absolutely slaughtered by the limping New York Giants last week. Um, it's it's concerning for me. A team which we, I thought would have Super Bowl aspirations again, which they do, but I thought they would be at that level again. Because like I said on the last podcast, their roster's not changed all that much. Yes, they've lost two coordinators, but I mean, most of the roster's still there. If anything, they've improved their roster. So I don't know. And and the Bucs are like, they're, they, they have like sneaky teams. Yeah, I uh, that 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 Giants game just sealed it. Not that I needed to see that, but um, this this Bucks team has been frisky all year. They were a bit of a letdown to the Panthers, which I can't say is surprising. I don't think any of us are surprised there. Um, nine nine nil, yeah, but they were a letdown a week before to the Saints. I mean, For the me, Saints were their baby team. I mean, but, like the Eagles have performed best when they're back to the walls and they're underdogs. Get the masks back out. Um, oh, they're, not shut up. The they're not losing to the Buccaneers. I'll pick the Eagles. I think the Eagles will win the game because they're too talented not to win the game. I so, think they'll destroy them. I'm going oh, for an absolute I, hammering. I, I, I think you Give me a two touchdown win at least. No, I think it comes down to a Jake Elliott field goal. That's what it's come down to, Eagles fans. And on that bombshell. We'll leave it there for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week to give you more conversation, talks, etc. about the NFL. And until then, see ya. Peace. Bye.